On this episode of Deep Thrones, we review Season 1, Episode 9, Baylor. We break down Daenerys' role in Khal Drogo's sickness, Chris teaches us a thing about House Frey, and Ned Stark probably won't be in next episode, plus more hilarious segments. Winter is here. Hey guys, welcome to a very exciting episode of Deep Thrones. I'm Sims, my partner CD is on the airwaves here. Hey everybody. And um, it's me, it's Papa Sheeds. It's, it's a very exciting week. Not only do we have what I think is a defining episode in Game of Thrones history, but it's also Labor Day weekend coming up here, so holiday weekend, everyone's pumped. Uh, what do you, you got any special plans going on this weekend for it? Yeah, I was going to go to the... Uh, uh, to work probably (laughs) oh yeah shit this is gonna be a big weekend at at, uh on the on the boat yard for you huh yeah out down on the boats i work on navy pier and i do boat rides and uh yeah unfortunately holidays are prime boat time so no rest for the wicked hopefully we get some good weather this weekend i'm i'm hoping to uh maybe grill out sip some crispy boys by by the by a poolside if someone wants to let me borrow their pool, that'd be tight. Some crispy uh, boys. Yeah. Drugs if you just, got them. Yeah, you know if you got some if you got some pot skis, if you got some extracurriculars, so I'm yeah. down for that as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it'll it'll be it'll be a good weekend. We got we got a couple birthdays this weekend for some world winning listeners, so that'll wow. be a good time. Their parents went wow. into labor on Labor Day. That's fascinating. Oh yeah, shit! That's wild. I didn't even think about that. Wow. Yeah, their mom Damn. definitely didn't get a didn't get the day off, right? She was in there. Oh, no, that's putting in work. Doing, doing work. Doing work. Yeah, you're out there. Watch the film get better. Boys. Yeah. Wait a minute. So Labor Day celebrates what? Just like the workforce of America? Yeah. I think it's just an American holiday because I was I was actually I was looking at a graph. Um, I think it was on. Uh, maybe a business insider or something like an article online and Same. they were comparing business American holidays compared to um, holidays like in the UK and countries overseas and we have like by far the, the least holidays it's because we're is, so exceptional still, I mean yeah I mean we're putting in that work that's why that's why America is number one but still that's right uh, Top five at least. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I wish I had more vacations, but you know that's fine. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Well, you know, I, you got. I mean, I don't know. I appreciate a good day off, but again, with my job, I don't actually get holidays off, so it's not like. Yeah. True. I have nothing to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sucks. I'll be. I'll be again sipping crispy boys while you're working. So yeah, maybe you I'll even come on your crisp- boat. And sip crispy boys. How I would be that? so mad. <laughs> yeah, actually, that'd be great. Um, you should come, come out, come on out, come, come through, yeah, fam. I should. I should. It would be lit. Should we hop into this review here? Uh, yeah, because it's a great episode. Like you said, this is a defining episode. It is the yeah, defining really episode is. of Game of Thrones. This is it, folks. This is the episode we've all been you, waiting for. You could really make a strong argument for this being the defining episode of Game of Thrones. Um, it is. It's got to be. That, Season it, 1, Episode it, 9, Baylor. It's got to be. So let's, let's jump into this and get into why it's the defining episode. So. Uh, and much like Chris's return from the Amsterdam week when I carried the review, Chris will be carrying the review this week. 
because I had a yeah, I had a rough one. Yeah, you you didn't do anything cool though, like go to Amsterdam. So no, um, I just I I, I kind of just sat around all day and forgot <laughs> to watch the episode <laughs> until like you midnight had, last night. You had one too many donuts and fucking plain Fritos, and you can't. sugar. I don't eat plain Fritos. But listen, <laughs> you're not gonna it's spread so these bad. falsehoods on the airwaves. Chris thinks for some reason is saying telling people. I like plain Fritos. This is just like when you were convinced <laughs> that I loved Pitch Perfect. <laughs> yeah, you you were first one in line for Pitch Perfect. It wasn't. Too, it wasn't out. a bad movie. It wasn't bad. <laughs> oh man! All right, so back to Game of Thrones. Oh, so first scene, we open up in King's Landing in the dungeons. Uh, Varys is visiting Ned, basically trying to get Ned to confess to his crimes as a traitor and say that Joffrey's the true king so that Ned has a chance of living and that his daughters have a chance of living. Yeah, and this is a good scene too because um, this is where you really see that Varys is like keen on the realm. He's all about what's good for the realm. He's not a hero, but he also doesn't want to see things go badly for people. Right, and he also he has a line in here where he says... Um, you know, do do I look like a hero? Like I'm not I'm not here to, you know, bust you out of here. Ned asks him. He, Ned asks Varys. He says, "Can you get me out of here?" And he says, "Yeah, I could, but I'm not going to." <laughs> like, but yeah. you know that that just kind of summarizes Varys's character. You know, he's he's not necessarily self-interested, but he's also not going to go out of his way to to try to save someone just to seem heroic. You know. Right. Right. I totally agree and with then, that. It, yeah. And then the next scene, um, we're going into uh, actually outside the Twins in the, in the Riverlands. And we're in the Northmen camp, and they're discussing how they're going to get across the Trident. Right. And Catelyn's so, thought, yeah. So. This is where you said this is, so this is a part. It's kind of like a big bridge that they need to cross, right? Uh, essentially, mm -hmm. it's something that they need to cross to get to Tywin to continue this war. And this area is run by a house, the House Frey. Right, and that's and those that bridge across the river. So the river is called the Trident. The bridge across um, has two towers that monitor, basically, can patrol the traffic across that bridge. They're called the Twins. So um, the phrase are the Lords of the Crossing, and that's what it's called, the Crossing. So Catelyn Stark, uh, since Walder Frey is a bannerman of her father, she she comes up with the genius idea. I'll go in and negotiate and figure out how we can get across because the phrase are always going to collect their toll. They're kind of like, they're kind of like a troll, you know, they, they actually remind me of uh, Frank Reynolds from Always Sunny. Oh my God. Gotta pay, pay, gotta the, troll pay toll. the troll toll. To get into that boy's hole. Boys hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's great. Oh, and man, like, an, another thing I love is that Waldo Frey is actually played by the guy who plays the janitor in Harry Potter, which is just a small oh, thing yeah. that I enjoy. Yeah, but Walter Frey's like so gross in this scene. He's like, he, first of all, he's married to like one of That's his daughters quote. or nieces or something, and then he and he smacks her ass and stuff, and he's just nasty looking. He, he, is he nasty. really reminds me of Frank Reynolds. To be he's honest, a, he's a crispy boy, but in the wrong ways. Like he's just crispy as like a human. He just is crisp. He's flaky. He's crispy. Me, 
to me, crispy is a compliment. Like, like I say, your voice sounds crispy over the airwaves. Like, that's a compliment. Oh, I you say got my some... beard is crispy. That's a, oh. that's a compliment, you know. Oh, girl, you're so I, crisp. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call Walter Frey crispy. He's like the opposite. Oh. He's like soggy, dude. He's nasty. Your ass is looking crisp. Ooh, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, he's soggy. Oh, that's better. He's soggy. Yeah, he's a little soggy bottom he's boy. That's what he guy. is. But he, he does actually make a pretty cool point in this because uh, Catelyn's saying basically you should let my son cross. You swore an oath to, to the Tullys. You're supposed to be my father's bannerman. And Walder Frey goes, you know, I, I, yeah, I swore oaths to House Tully, but I also swore an oath to the crown. And that kind of, I guess, like summarizes how Walder Frey looks at and life. How complicated. Well, I just think it, it shows how complicated the politics of the Seven Kingdoms can be. You know, right. make multiple swears and oaths to different houses, and um, sometimes those conflict with each other. That's like when you say you'll go to the pumpkin patch with your girl, but then you tell the boys you're coming out for Krispies. You know, where do your loyalties oh, lie? Man. It's tough. Yeah. And Waldo Frey yes. also has a great line where he says, Baratheon, Stark, Lannister, give me one good reason why I should waste a single thought on any of you. Right. That's, that's, that's a good point. So what would you choose, All pumpkin patch or Krispies? Band. Well, you you take your girl to the pumpkin patch early, and then you go out with the boys afterwards and get Krispies. That's an easy solution to that. Right, I'm gonna write that down. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the next scene's at the wall at Castle Black. Um, Lord Commander Lord Commander Mormont gives Longclaw to John, and Longclaw is the ancestral sword of House Mormont and it's a Valyrian yeah. steel sword which means it almost you know, sounds like, like a sexually transmitted disease you're like wow Lord Mormont gave him some long claw yeah I gave him a Valyrian steel long claw it's that Valyrian uh, <laughs> that, that VS but it, but it is a uh, very important moment because this has strictly only been in the Mormont family and now he's given it to John, which is kind of showing why John's there you know John's being groomed to being the next Lord Commander, and that kind of shows his purpose. And um, you learn that Jor he's Jorah's dad. Not John, but Lord Mormont, the commander, is Jorah's dad, and he Jorah brought shame to right. our house. It was meant for him, but he fled Westeros, yeah. and of course Jorah's across the narrow sea trying to get inside that Khaleesi. Yeah. Fucking Jorah selling slaves. That's why he got banished. Yeah. Um, and then also we find out that Commander Mormont sent Alistair Thorne to King's Landing so that, uh, you know, the underlying theme here is basically Mormont's showing more purpose to John being there, right? Right. So, so this is a very good moment for John. He goes down from Mormont's uh, room and, and back into the main room and everyone's congratulating him. Everyone's pumped. Um, and so then pumped. Sam tells him that that Rob is heading south to fight the Lannisters, and that changes the whole mood for John. He gets really upset. Yeah, yeah, it kind of. Well, yeah, he's finding out that his brother's going to war. That's not a fun feeling. Right, and and I mean, they, out of all the brothers, Rob and John were the closest. So this really hits John, you know, in his heartstrings. Rob was a great older brother. You know, he cared about his family. I mean, he fucking hated Rickon, but that was part of his charm. Uh, and he, you know, he was a good older brother because he cared about everyone. He treated, he treated, you know, John like a brother. And and I, he's hard on Theon, but he even treats Theon like a little brother. Yeah, that's true. He does, which turns out to bite him in the ass. But yeah, you know, well, Rob, that bites Rob, Theon Rob on the does ass. have a he does he does have a caring heart. 
um, especially when it comes to his family. And then uh, the next scene here, we are outside the twins in the Stark camp. Mm, love me Ketlin some twins. Has great news. It's <laughs> like crispy has set of twins news. you got there. Or Kat, uh, Caitlin, Cat, whatever. Cat has great news that um, Walter Frey granted their crossing to cross Ooh. the river. But, you know, there's, there's some major caveats to it. Yeah, so Rob, there's, there's smaller ones. So Rob needs the squire's, squire uh, Walter Frey's son, whatever, fine. Arya needs to marry one of Walter Frey's sons, which kind of sucks for Arya, but whatever. And then the big one is Rob needs to marry one of Walter Frey's daughters. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, Rob even said in the beginning earlier in this episode, he says, you know, my father would do whatever it took to cross this, br- to cross this bridge. So, you know, now he's being thrown on the bus. Like, are you will, are you really willing to do whatever it takes to cross? And he, he does agree to it. So he, he stays true to his word. Yeah. Arya's got to get married. He's got to get married. It's uh it's a hefty toll. That's for sure. That boy's is, soul better be but- worth it. <laughs> <laughs> paying pay that troll toll to get that boy's boy's hole, yeah. Uh, and then next scene, Castle Black. Maester Aemon is basically trying to console John um, because Maester Aemon relates to to John's situation here. So John is almost you can tell he's very conflicted. He wants to go south and fight with Rob. A- angsty teen Maester- John is back. Exactly. Let's go. <laughs> he's having a roller coaster of emotions from coming off that high uh, from getting the sword to now wanting to go south and Mr. Amen recognizes that and game recognizing game yeah he knows he's the one to relate to that because Mr. Amen is also um, Amen Targaryen and I'll get into a little bit of background on, on Amen Targaryen later on but you know his whole family was destroyed you know, he, he, Aemon Targaryen sit, sat back, or Maester Aemon sat back and watched literally his whole bloodline be killed, um, except for Danny at this point. So, you know, Maester Aemon knows how tough it is to have these things going on, but not being able to actively participate because you're in the Night's Watch. Yeah, he's experienced some loss, that's for sure. Uh, and Definitely. he kind of explains that he's like the Mad King's uncle, isn't he? Right, exactly. It's nuts. That's like imagine like he's, being in, being related to someone fuck. so evil. That's got to be well, yeah, and he's old. Yeah, I guess I was going a different way with it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but he was in the detail on that later. But he saw some really good Targaryens. Yeah, your whole first saw, part of that sentence just yeah. broke out. What did you say? Oh, did it? Shit, my bad. Um, yeah. I was just saying we'll get into that later on. But he saw, he saw, he lived with some really good Targaryens, and he lived watching with the worst. some really bad ones too. Yeah. yeah. So, next scene, we uh, cross the narrow sea. We're with oh, the yeah. Kalasar, and mm. Drogo is completely messed up at this point. Pussy. Um, the the, <laughs> the infection spread throughout his whole body, and. He falls off his horse, and one of his blood rider, blood riders says, "A cow who cannot ride is no cow." So basically, the whole Kalasar is turning against him. Um, other than that, there's not too much to discuss in this scene. No, yeah, it's just to show you that if he dies, Khaleesi basically means nothing to any of them. Exactly. The cow is next the scene, king. Yeah. 
Next scene, we're at the Lannister camp, and Tyrion shows up fashionably late to the war council. And Tywin is pretty happy when he shows up because he has this plan where he's going to put Tyrion on the vanguard. Leads the vanguard. Means, yeah, that, that means he's the first one in the battle. He's the first one to engage with the enemy. He's on the front lines, and, man. And Tyrion is not happy about this. He's like, surely you can find, you know, less less detrimental uh, ways to get me killed or whatever. Um, and Tywin's just like, you know, there's there's no negotiating here. You're you're the first one in, so figure it out. And that's then, like, um, yeah, that's got to be not a great feeling. You're dead. You know, the feeling. the funny Yo, you, part you is. Got it. Some people like beg to be in the vanguard. Like a couple episodes ago, the the great John Umber wanted to be uh, head of the vanguard and almost yeah. almost pulled a knife on Rob to do it. Great John Umber's a battler, teams. though. Is Tyrion a a guy you want to lead in the vanguard? Oh no, absolutely not. Well, You're like, well, I mean, Tyrion leading the vanguard is like if you pick teams in grammar school and pick the nerds first. <laughs> like, why would you want that? We're playing kickball. Just, that kid yeah. has a brace on his knee. Let's get him. They did end up winning the battle, though, so... Well, we're, not there, we're not there yet, yeah. asshole. We're not there yet, but... No. We, you know, ooh, do they win or don't they? We'll find out in a bit. <laughs> Next scene, we are back in the... A little foreshadowing. It's not foreshadowing <laughs> if you just flat-out give the answer. A little spoiling. A little spoiling. <laughs> just a little taste. I'm, Crispy Dude, I'm, a big, I'm a big spoiler guy. I you are. Well, I listened yeah, back I, through our episodes. You're just dropping spoilers all over town. <laughs> well, whatever. I mean, this stuff's been out for years at this point. You can't still right. count it as. You spoilers. might as well just minimize the whole podcast. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? This has been out for years. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Next scene. So we are back in the Dothraki Sea. Uh, Kyle Drogo is straight up dying at this point. Jorah looks at the boat and there's no way he lives past this. It's time to jump ship. Khaleesi lets go. And Khaleesi, making more dumb decisions, is like, no, I'm not leaving. These people have to listen to me. And gets in an argument with the Blood Rider. Um, basically, Jorah has to fight that battle for her because she can't fight it. And um, Meanwhile, Danny has Miri Maz Dur, the, uh, the the blood magic, which mm. go in and work on go in and work on Khal Drogo to keep him alive, which is dumb as fuck. That's not working out. And, um, no, not having Jorah success. ends up killing that guy, which was pretty. It was a pretty cool fight scene, actually. He, the the um, what's it called? The Blood Rider was winning the fight the whole time, and then. His blade got caught in Jorah's armor, and Jorah ended up just like smacking him in the face with his sword after it was caught in there. But uh, that was like really the only fight scene in this episode. It is, and he just kills him by like slicing his face in half. Like slices the face, and that's actually a callback to a few episodes ago. Jorah was actually training that guy, and he said to him that that your swords are good for horseback, but they can't puncture like the Andal Steel, which is funny because it's foreshadowing right. for this scene. And that's technically what foreshadowing right. is, Chris. <laughs> no, that, that was a full-blown spoiler for this scene. <laughs> that's true. As soon as Jorah <laughs> said that, everyone was like, oh, come on. <laughs> but anyways, overshadowing theme of that scene was uh, Danny being dumb again. Listen, but... <laughs> you just say that and you say it so hard just to be a dick. Like, you're just yeah. trying to irk me. 
She's not being I, dumb. She's got a big heart. Heart of gold. She's a fucking heart dragon. Of fire. Yeah, heart, she's a heart dragon. Of fire, yeah. And I get it. Like, it's not her best decision, and it leads to Khal Drogo's death. But it also leads to huge things for her. So in hindsight, it's almost like it was her destiny anyway. I guess it was written in the books. Yeah, it's and she... God's plan. She, and she watched the tape and got better. So that's... You've lost a football game, right? We've all lost, and you watch the tape and get better. That's what she's doing right now. No, I'm undefeated. Wow. That's that's fake news. That's fake news. I've lost right. a lot of football games. So she's watching the tape and getting better. So she literally is an example of adversity, overcoming adversity, having a nice ass. She's an example of all of that. <laughs> all right. uh, next scene, we're at the Lannister camp again. Tyrion is basically getting drunk with uh, Shay and Bronn. Oh yeah, Brian gets a yeah. I'm actually call her from another night, but um, I don't know. The only thing that I really want to touch on in the scene is the fact that like Shay sucks, dude. Like I I don't know. I don't like her. Dude, and I'll be honest with know. you. I'll be honest with you. I never fucking liked Shay. Never. Yeah. Never. I always she, knew she was bad news, and she was always a liability. She's always a liability, and she was always bad news, and I could tell you from day one that she was not going to be good for Tyrion, and Tyrion fell in love with her, but, like, the issue I have is you could see she's shady, you could see she has self-interest, and I think in the end she does grow to really like Tyrion, but she always would do what was best for Shay. That's, I completely agree with you, and one thing you mentioned, Tyrion falls in love with her, Tyrion actually tells a story about how he fell in love the first time um, with, with his ex-wife. Yeah, uh, Tisha or Taisha. I'm just going to say Tisha for easier pronunciation here. But the whole story is Jamie staged kind of a damsel in distress scenario where um, this, this girl, Tisha, was getting raped and uh, Tyrion came to the rescue. So basically, Tyrion ends up taking her into his tent um, whining and dining her, they end up smanging, and then um, the word of the podcast, <laughs> smanging. Tyr Tyrion loves her so much, he gets married to her like that night, um, and then basically Tywin Lannister finds out and makes Jamie confess, basically saying he set the whole thing up, and then Tywin, being the dick that he is, has all the Lannister guards in that in that area, um, basically take turns smanging Tisha and basically showering her with silver um so it's kind of kind of uh aggressive reaction from from Tywin, but why does he hate i mean like i know they cover it but like you can't just let him have that one thing you can't let him have a little tish no you can't you can't marry a lannister cannot marry a whore that's not how life works at this point in time that's true, Can't but do does he have to? Does the reaction have to go? You're right, though. The reaction was a bit extreme. Instead of being like, "Hey, yeah. just break up with her," he's like, "Hey, are all you guys banger." Yeah, and made Tyrion watch, which is also fucked up. But yeah. Yeah, Tyrion was probably. But that's Tywin, though. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's Tywin. Typical Tywin. Put a total Tywin track here. Uh -huh. <laughs> that's Tywin. Uh. Next scene. Um, the North Army steals a, a Night's March on, on the Lannister camp. So they're all preparing for battle here. 
And while they're while Tyrion's putting his armor on and going into battle, he gets he knocked, gets the knocked fuck out, out by someone. Yeah, on he his gets own knocked team. out by someone running by him. Yeah, Just so he misses the whole battle, and uh, he ends up waking up at the end of it. And basically, they won. But the the surprising part is there were only two thousand Stark troops there. Not twenty thousand. So, they were off by eighteen eighteen thousand. Exactly. It's like so me come tax out, season. <laughs> Always some lion the government. Out, we find out where those other eighteen thousand were um, in the next scene, and this is where Rob and the Stark Bannerman ambush Jamie at the Whispering Wood, which is pretty. This this Ooh, is actually Whispering one of wood. the cooler things I think that uh, that Rob does. Is Great move. Yeah, this is his, this, this is his high. This is his high moment. Yeah. So he engineers the ambush, works out to perfection, captures Jamie Lannister, which is huge like that that is a you know almost huge. a decisive victory for them and um well keep in mind tywin you know, hates Tyrion, but he fucking loves jamie right and and jamie's the oldest as well so and he's also banging the queen right but tywin doesn't think of it like that though yeah you know. well p and vg that's banging he better think of it but uh, but yeah so huge victory for rob and the starks there but Rob is kind of somber about this moment because 2,000 men of his just died. That's a great moment. Or, or were captured. So I sent 2,000 men know. to their graves, and Theon says the the like they'll sing songs of their heroism, and he says yes, but the dead won't hear them. Right. It, it's guilty on Sad. his young conscience. Sad. Yeah. But still a big victory. Yeah. And. Um, the last scene here, which is the infamous scene in this whole episode, and really makes this episode, yeah. is in King's Landing outside the Great Sept of Baylor. Um, yeah. Ned, Ned is getting uh, dragged up yeah. to go and confess his crimes to Joffrey. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, um, you know, it looks like when your first time watching this, you think, oh, okay, like, Joffrey's probably gonna pardon him. Send him to the um, wall and Yeah. And and you even like you get a nod from Cersei when when uh when when Ned walks up there, you get a smile from Sansa, like she thinks he's gonna get out of there. And um Ned goes ahead and confesses, which goes against his honor code. You you could tell that it hurt for him to confess that. Yeah. And says, I'm a traitor, Joff is the one true king yada 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 and Joff being a fucking chach goes oh, cha -cha. Um, yeah he's a chach oh, you know, yeah. not not accepted traders aren't going to get away with this under my rule and orders him to death and shortly afterwards Ned's head is cut off they cut Ned's fucking head off guys which is which is wild I mean every the shock on everyone's face is just so clear in this scene even Cersei had no idea that this was gonna happen yeah everyone's and face in this it, scene is like they're watching a two girls one cup reaction video that's basically what it looks like everyone's <laughs> like oh, no they're not gonna they're not gonna eat that every, shit are they they're, like, they're not gonna cut off fine. the yeah <laughs> it was, yeah and, the, and and you know this is I think the defining moment um, of the show I mean at, at this point it kind of makes the the show writers make the point well i guess not even the show writers but george himself makes the point throughout the whole series that you know anyone can die this isn't your fucking mom and pops fictional show that everything works out and then people are going to drop like flies at an yeah. alarming rate and they do and that i think is 
it's a huge character for that to happen to, obviously, because it's freaking Ned Stark, and you don't expect... Mm -hmm. I think especially for a new guy like me, because, again, remember when we started this podcast, Chris um, got me into it, correct? Correct. And I'm the new guy. Chris read the books, and he watched the show basically from the jump. And here I am as a new guy watching this show, and for eight straight episodes, I'm telling Chris how much I like Ned and how I'm rooting for him and how I'm going to be a Ned fan until the end. And unfortunately, the end came a lot quicker than I thought it would. <laughs> so, wait, the, the actor's name of Ned Stark, that's Sean Bean, right? Sean Bean, yeah. yeah Sean Bean. So his name was first in every episode, um, you know, in every episode in season one in the credits, his name comes first. So you figure as a main character like that, he's going to stick around for a long time. Right. But, no, that's uh, it's not the case with Game of Thrones. No, he got killed real nice and good, real quick. And that's a big, uh, like you said, that's kind of the, that's a catalyst. So, let me ask you this. Ask what me. would you rate this episode? I gave this episode an 8.33. Oh, that's very specific. I can't wait to hear your explanation of this one. Well, okay, so last episode last episode for me was a 9. I gave it that 9 because I really enjoyed the episode. I'm just basing this on an episode basis, how it makes me feel. And out of nowhere, you're like, Oh, must be top 90% <laughs> of Game of Thrones episodes ever. And so you want like weird mathematics involved? Then I'm going to do it. So this is an 8.33. Okay. It's... It's an okay. eight because it's a great episode, and a point three three because of the importance. It has it's like a it's like a tax. It got an importance tax because it's such an important episode. It got a point three three tax, so it's an eight point three three. Okay. I, I like got that. upset with this episode actually, when I first watched it because it doesn't show any real battle, and I wanted some. With Rob yeah, capturing that, Jamie. It, if it if it if it weren't for the end of this episode, if it weren't for literally the last scene this episode probably would have been one of the worst episodes of the series right, right? i mean there was nothing there's nothing really too cool that happened if they would have showed some of the battles that happened like the whispering wood or or the one uh, where the lannisters beat the small stark retinue that would have been some cool action to see but i am glad that they that they uh you know played it out like this in the show because the ending of it was just so I mean, it was just so like, what the fuck? Like everyone, people stopped watching the show after this. Listen, we, <laughs> just we completely all, stopped watching. Yeah, this literally threw people for a loop. I mean, I personally, I, I had to listen to some Simon and Garfunkel just to bring myself back down after this episode, man. Because I was, I was feeling low. <laughs> you know, I was not myself for a while. Okay, well, to go off your rating, I would also rate this pretty high. It's, only because of the importance of it so i'm gonna go ahead and rate it a nine nice. um and i it, like again the, literally the only reason why i'm rating it a nine is because of ned's death that's it that's it i think it i think uh the, the importance tax it sets the tone for the yeah it sets the tone for the rest of the series like don't get attached how many times have you heard someone say like, "Oh, you like that character? Well, don't get don't get too attached because it's Game of Thrones. They could get their head chopped off at any moment." Yeah, no, mm -hmm. I mean that's it. I've heard you say it to me personally a bunch of times. Yeah, I think All only right. you. Uh, segments. Segments? Question mark. 
seconds, possibly you. Possibly me, <laughs> you, maybe. Yes, no, maybe. All right, best best line slash yes, man. So, um, best you line is obviously I want to go first. pretty pretty uh, self-explanatory. Best line of the episode. The Yas Queen is a little bit of oomph. You get a little, a little bit of something little, extra. Yeah, a little, little sauce in there. A little sauce in there. Real crispy. <laughs> real crispy. Uh, so my best line, I'll go first. My best line okay. is Ned Tavarius in the dungeon when he says, I learned how to die a long time ago. Uh, you learned oh, how to do that so a long cool. time ago. Well, guess what? The exam is now, bucko. Uh, <laughs> and then... Uh, and then, he forgot about his finals. He he, he didn't yeah, fucking study for his finals. He forgot it because it's the finals. It's time to put it there, <laughs> see what you got. Put your money where your mouth is, buddy. Uh, and then my my yeah my uh, yas queen is Waldo Frey to uh, his son, uh, who's a bastard. He goes, your mother would still be a milkmaid if I hadn't squirted you into her belly. <laughs> <laughs> just showing, he's just showing he's next wild. level awareness of how biology and the human anatomy works. So. <laughs> Dude, he he is like one of the grossest characters on this show. Like the image of him squirting someone in into someone's belly it really ruined my night. Yeah. When I when he said that, yeah. I laughed and Gross. then threw up. How is he still like? Is there some sort of medieval Viagra that that we don't know about that he's still just smanging and popping out babies? Like, well, just because you're old doesn't mean you have VD. I'm sure a lot of old guys have no problems getting boners. I mean, this dude, like he's supposed to be like close to 100 years old i don't think i don't know man just because you're already slowing down doesn't mean you gotta question him <laughs> all right good one I, I have no comeback for that so <laughs> that's right just see your doctor chris there's options for yeah. you bud do, do are you or one of your friends affected by ed one of your friends that's weird they're trying to get guys <laughs> to side each other up now <laughs> you were a loved one affected by mesothelioma yeah ambient Oh man, we gotta we gotta stay off the ambient. Stay dude. off the ambient, America. Oh, mesothelioma. Those are big. Those commercials are fantastic because it's the same guy yeah. since like 1980. Do you or a loved one have mesothelioma? You might have some questions. How did I get this disease? What are my treatment options? How will this affect my loved ones? <laughs> you sound I, like the guy. You should probably yeah, try out for his he, replacement. Yeah, they can give me his weird hair that he has and like that sweet green sweater. <laughs> All right, so my best line is um, when Kyle Drogo fell off his horse and it was said, a cow who cannot ride is no cow. And, that, you know, it's true. Yeah. I mean, it's, you, can't, uh, you can't lead a calisar that strictly rides horses if you can't ride a horse. So it's true best line. It's true. Yeah, it's, like, it's no arguing with it. Very tight logic. And then... Very tight logic. And then my next, uh, my Yas Queen Crispy. is from Varys, and he's telling a story to Ned in the dungeon to try to get him to confess. And Varys starts this short anecdote off with, when I was still a boy, before they cut my balls with a hot knife. <laughs> like, Damn. I'm like, all right, so that's how you're going to get Ned's attention, just talking about before you got your balls cut off? Like, you couldn't just say, yeah. when I was still a boy, and go into the story? But, uh... <laughs> At least the I knife was. Yeah, that sucks, dude. The yeah, hot, hot knife. Hot knife. Yeah, wow. that's, uh, that's not what you're looking for. Well, what else would they cut his balls off with, right? I mean, yeah, I don't know. Maybe like a paper cutter? A know. paper cutter? Do they have those back then? 
<laughs> yeah, dude. And fucking staples. You're like, you I don't know, like surgery tools. Staples. Dude, you got you, you go to the medieval staples in the castle. The medieval those, staples. That's right. Get those copies. That's right. <laughs> the Raven X Kinkos. Got to get in there. Exactly. Um, so hottest moment. What 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 was your hottest moment of this episode? Um. Okay, so I kind of have two. If that's okay with you. Yeah, let's go ahead. Um, shoot. So my first hottest moment was John getting his rock hard, smooth new sword, and then nice. uh, my dope. My second hottest moment, but the real hottest moment, of course, is Cal Drogo's sickness because he's gonna die, and you know what that means, fellas. Khaleesi single again. Uh, she's single, ready to mingle. Uh, uh. Okay. I actually, I had, I had uh, John getting Longclaw as my runner-up for my hottest moment, so I agree with you on that one. The second nice. one, not so much, because I actually liked Kyle Jargo. Yeah, I no, he's he, great, he's dude. But Khaleesi being single is huge. Like, as a dude who respects other dudes, when a girl's dating a guy, you never would do anything. But, like, the second they break up, I'm, I'm in those DMs. <laughs> Like, right. a, like as soon as Khal Drogo dies, a raven would land on Khaleesi's shoulder with just a fire <laughs> meme. <laughs> with the greatest meme this side with, of Westeros. With the greatest meme, with yeah. the greatest meme from Mr. Left Hand. Yeah, like, Sir Left Hand. And be Sir Left Hand. Sir Lord Left Hand. Uh, this uh, yeah, <laughs> straight from Westeros. I, I, I respect that. I, yeah. can, I can put some respect on that. Respect it. So my hottest moment is when Rob wins the Battle of the Whispering Wood and captures Jamie. I just That's, thought yeah. that was really... I thought that was peak Rob Stark right there. And Jamie actually challenges him to a duel and says, we can end all this right now. And Rob goes, no, if we do it your way, you'll win. Like, I'm, I'm winning right now, so get out of here with that mess. So I thought that was a pretty hot moment. And Rob, Rob in general is an HGB, so... That is and, a great moment. And Jamie, for that matter, too. Yeah. So. No, it's a great moment. I love that moment. Interestingly enough, that's the same offer John gives Ramsey a few seasons later. Oh, yeah. That's right. So, spoiler alert. Big, big spoiler guy. Over not, here. not at all spoilers. They don't even know who Ramsey is, but, you know. Yeah. Listen, fuck Rickon. Um, <laughs> so, next segment. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. Get uh, Get excited. Jesus. Everyone no. get pumped up, baby. No. Don't do it. Westeros history, man. Go to the bathroom, you fucking folks. Know it. Go to the bathroom. Your favorite segment. Your right. favorite segment. Yeah. Um, so Start this one's about Maester Aemon. And I said that we were going to discuss Maester Aemon um, earlier today. So I'll give a little background on the man, the myth, the Maester. So Maester <laughs> um, Aemon is oh, a.k.a. Yeah. Aemon Targaryen. Third son of King Makar Targaryen, who was a Targaryen king before the Mad, uh, a couple kings before the Mad King. Um, he was already an unlikely candidate for king because Makar was a second son already, so he would have never can become. He never would have become king if it weren't for some tragic deaths in the family beforehand. So Aemon is the third son of him. So. You know, since he was the third in line, he was never really considered to be a candidate for being king. So when he was sent to the Citadel to become a maester, uh, he forged his chain, aka he graduated from the Citadel at age 19, and he went to Dragonstone to serve his oldest brother, Darren, um, who was next, he, you know, he was a prince of Dragonstone, he's next in line for the throne. 
this is where everything gets interesting though so darren died of a pox that he caught or he supposedly caught from a whore so you know i don't know if that is herpes i don't know if he can die i don't think he can die from herpes but anyways according to um my sources he died of a fucking idiot he can die he died of a pox that he caught from a whore um and Eamon's other brother arian um who was an interesting character in himself and i'll probably do a westeros history minute um revolving around him at a later date but arian died arian died while he was drinking wildfire in the hopes that he would become a dragon from doing so so well we all have burned that up all his insides. yeah it burned up all his insides and died so now we are in a position where makar has no immediate issue his oldest and his second oldest sons have died so Eamon was invited to a great council and a great council is basically one of these is convened probably um every 100 years or so but it's when you have to choose a king because there's immediate issue and uh, Eamon was summoned to this great council where he was offered the crown but he passed it because once you're a maester you're sworn to the citadel and, and really no one else so you can't really be self-serving um, so he passed it on to his youngest brother Aegon Targaryen who then became the king um, so afterward Aemon chose to go to the wall and serve as maester at the wall so that no one would use him in any sort of plots to dethrone his youngest brother um, because at the time there was Blackfire rebellions going on and everything so he wanted to remove that temptation out of the equation so yeah that's that's maester amen and that's how related um john snow uh, you know seeing all this turmoil with his family obviously closer to the events that are happening right now the mad king dies Rhaegar targaryen dies danny has to flee across the narrow sea so all this turmoil is going on with his family and maester amen's basically saying i relate to this um and you should stick around and, and honor your oaths. Cool. Cool, cool. Maester, uh, what, was, what were you saying? Eamon. Great bit, Chris. Maester right. Eamon. Yeah, Meister Eamon. Fantastic stuff. <laughs> I appreciate it. Lowest reviewed part of the podcast right there. Fake news. Highest reviews. You know it, I know it. Everybody Not with your it. friggin' dumb microphone right now, dude. <laughs> Is it going in and out right now? Yeah, you, your microphone. Talk about crispy, dude. You gotta hold that thing Jeez. tight. Whatever. This is why everyone compliments me on my silky smooth voice. Because I'm coming yeah. prepared. I mean, I just gotta get a new mic. We'll, yeah. we'll work on that. We'll you know, once on once our once that internet money comes in, once that advertisement money comes in. That's right. Believe it or not, folks, starting off podcasters do not make that much money from podcasting. So, not from the actual podcast surprise. itself. Yeah, surprise. Me neither. Uh-huh. I've been. Th- we're trying to get better equipment. We have a few ideas on how we can do it. One of them is to save money, but that bores us. The second uh, one of us is going to jump in front of a postal truck and sue Uncle Sam. That one right now <laughs> is leading, I think. Uh, the third, we are going to create our own porn channel. Uh, that's not working. Um, you need girls for that. We don't have easy access. I have a lot of uh, restraining orders, and Chris sweats badly. Uh, four, <laughs> Bitcoin. <laughs> Uh, we don't have any Bitcoin. We don't know what Bitcoin is, but we're trying to find some of that. Uh, and what, what was our other idea? 
Uh, I don't know. Oh, fish fuckers. Podcast. Podca- the oh. podcast. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, next segment, Thrones for Dummies. Thrones for Dummies. Oh, fuck. So, more talking from you, huh? All right. So, <laughs> tell us a bit about uh, House Frey. About House Frey? Yeah, okay. they're big in this episode. Um, We're finally introduced to them. What's their deal? How does a guy like Waldo see, Frey become a lord? So, okay, so first of all, his name's Walder Frey. I just want to correct you on that real quick. <laughs> I've been calling uh, him Waldo. Waldo. Where's yeah, Waldo? Waldo where's, where's Waldo? Yeah, Where Waldo Cooney's great pizza place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so Walder Frey, interesting character in the show. He's almost 100 years old. He's got like 29 kids, which we discussed earlier, how he's still pumping those bad boys out. Um, so basically, it, the rules of inheritance are almost the same all throughout the entire uh, Seven Kingdoms. You just—he was the only son, right? So he inherited the title Lord of the Crossing. It's not something that he necessarily had to earn. Um, so he inherited that title, Lord of the Crossing, and <coughs> he's basically just an old scumbag. I mean, there's there's nothing that he did to deserve it. He's he just fucking—he gets this. Scumbag. He gets this. Uh, he gets this position where he can collect tolls from people crossing one of the most important rivers in the land. Um, and yeah, that old he, scumbag. He's a troll. He's a troll. That's it. He's a troll, and he's got a boy's hole that we all are after. Yeah. And one interesting thing I said for the most part, um, the son inherits the titles and lands, but in Dorne, actually, um, if you have an older daughter that can she can uh technically inherit the title um and be the princess of dorn yeah so, dorn is super woke yeah but we'll dorn dorn's dorn's one of the only one uh one of the only kingdoms that actually respects women's rights and yeah good well dorn should be more in charge yeah, but then they turn out to make dumb decisions later on too. So that's true. Everyone does. <laughs> You're judging everyone, everyone for dumb decisions, but everyone makes them. Khal Drogo obviously made them. No, he didn't. When did he make a dumb decision? Walking in that guy's blade doesn't look so fucking tough now, does it? Um, that's no. That's that wasn't his dumb decision. Mary Mazdur poisoned him, dude. If she, it was fucking. Never would that have had a chance to. Never would have had a chance to if he didn't get that wound. Yeah, well, he he murdered the fuck out of that guy, so he did his part. But Khaleesi just was like, "Oh yeah, let me have this chick that I just met, and we just destroyed her whole family and village and everything. Let's have her stitch you up. That's a well, smart idea." Destroying the village, nah. dumb decision. Dumb decision. See, Call no, Drogo. What an idiot. What wow, do. you know what? I'm glad we had this good. Don't call. Folks, Khal Drogo is such a fucking fool. What a buffoon. No, you're, you're drunk. You're ch- drunk. I'm not drunk. I had right chocolate now. milk and I had chili cheese Fritos. I'm chill as a cucumber. Yeah, someone someone put some roofies in those chili cheese Fritos. And they were plain Fritos, too. They weren't chili they cheese. They weren't folks. plain. They don't were fucking them... chili cheese. <laughs> don't let this psychopath think that make you think he's normal. He's eating plain Fritos over there. <laughs> so um, I actually wanted to throw in another a little bonus segment here alternate history ooh a bonus segment so what if what if Khal Drogo lives past this uh, wound 
and actually crosses the narrow sea with his Kalasar. Let me think. I think that... Um, and Joffrey's think, on the throne. Ned got his head cut off, blah, blah, blah. I think it would have been a good fight, but Joffrey wins that fight, unfortunately. You think Joffrey wins that? Yes. Yes, I do. Even, because even though Khaleesi's even though, army right now is nowhere near as impressive as the one she gets down the road with all the Unsullied, all the dragons. Because if Kyle doesn't die, she never gets her dragons. That's an interesting point. The dragons never show up. But do you necessarily need the dragons at that point? Yeah, well, Khal Drogo doesn't make a difference to Tywin Lannister. You understand me? It's not... It's 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 what she gets as a whole in Season 7 that matters. It has nothing to do with just Khal Drogo. Because if you see... I mean, at any point, any of those guys could have thrown a coup over Khal Drogo and taken over. None of them were... They're all warriors, you know? It's what Khaleesi has. The experience that leads her. So I see it being a fun fight, a couple interesting episodes, but nowhere near as interesting as our alternative history last week. See, I, 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 I tend to agree with you here, but I think you're comparing it more so to what happens in the future with the dragons and everything. I want to kind of take a focus on what would actually happen and not compare it to what what did happen. So if Khal Drogo crosses the Narrow Sea with his Kalasar, Tywin Lannister is engaged in a full-out war with the Northmen. Well, it's across the sea. Front. they got to get ships, which they don't have. So that's going to take well, time. Well, that's why they... Well, they already addressed that. That's why they were raiding villages and shit to get fucking money to buy ships. They're going to need a lot. Yeah, they're going to need a fair amount. It's going to take but, some time. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to need a fair amount. I think... You know, and... Okay. All right. I, I mean, I see your point. It is going to take some time. But it also took until... What like, I mean, when 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 did the war of the uh, the five kings end? When did when did Robin Allen get off? That was like season three and that a was half. Multiple seasons yeah. down the road. Yeah. So I mean, that, he would have had time. He had it, yeah. But by that point, then they're all destroyed, and then it's Tywin against them. Come on, it's game over. Yeah. All right. I, I see your point here. That's my point. It's just I you have like a weird here. boner for Khal Drogo. I just think I just think he was a good character. I don't he have was, a weird boner for him. I, think I just think he was a good character. I think you have a weird boner for Amelia Clark. Oh, yeah, that's that's been covered. <laughs> of course I do. I'll admit that <laughs> on the airwaves right now. That's been covered in details. In that weird boner I've I've grappled with that boner for a while. <laughs> uh, All right. Um, so next segment, let's find George a date. Uh, yeah, I'll go let's first. So I think this one's pretty good. Uh, it's a, she's a classy young lady by the name of Stormy Daniels. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> and I think the reason she'd be great for him is because he could bang her a bunch, and she'd be really into it and, like, pretend she's into it, like, for, like, a living. She'd be like, nah, you know. <laughs> and uh, she also, like, leaks hilarious information, so maybe she would leak his books and season eight details. Oh, man, Because when you least expect nice. it, Stormy comes out and is like, yo, here's some info. That would be nice. We should actually set that up. We should get... Let's get Stormy. Let's get our people on the line with her people, and then we'll get George's people, and all of our people will just have a nice people Her talk. clicks, Her clicks have to be way up, right? You got to figure? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I personally haven't clicked, but I'm I would. sure... I wouldn't. There's I wouldn't. people... I'm sure there's some, some uh, curious people. Oh, yeah. 
Right. Yeah, some ambient people definitely giving it a peek. <laughs> My George date would be Roger Goodell, the oh, NFL shit. commissioner. The commissioner of the NFL. And let me tell you why. So it's not because George <laughs> needs Roger. It's because Roger needs George. All right. Give him a suspension. Every, everyone knows everyone knows the NFL's having some viewership troubles here. <laughs> so maybe Roger Goodell could get a better storyline from George. Maybe go like a WWE route with the mm -hmm. NFL. Sure the well. And yeah. then maybe throwing some dragons in there. Get, make the league more violent and then we'll get higher viewership, you know? Make the NFL back to what it was. I love that idea. I'm pretty good with that yeah. idea. I, I like the Goodell one. Maybe three way, Goodell, Stormy and George. That'd be sexy, that'd be hot. That'd be cool. And then and then Goodell could just like find George every find, time he yeah, he'll find George. Stormy more. Every time he tries to <laughs> slip it in Goodell, he'll be like, Yo That's a, that's a, that's two games. Um Unnecessary Without titties. Pay. Without pay. Unnecessary titties. I'll go first here. Yeah. My, there weren't there weren't too many uh, UTs in this one, so mine is when the horse get it gets its uh, throat slit by Mary Mazdura. Um, uh, yeah. She's doing the, the the ritual in the tent. That was like awful. The horse shrieked. Um, There's blood everywhere. It was just oh, it, was, it was a gross scene. It was nasty. Yeah. Mr. Hands did not die for this. Um, <laughs> my <laughs> unnecessary titties is the lack of Khaleesi's titties. Uh, hear me out. The show gives you hot and heavy Daenerys, and then the well dries up pretty quick, gang. Like, there's not much naked Daenerys from here on out. There's moments, and I think there's a really good one coming up. But, yeah. Okay, I mean, I, I see I see where you're going with that one. I think I think it was important that they stopped showing Khaleesi so nude, or nude so much, because... She's stepping into her leadership role as the Khaleesi, so. Right, but what about maybe, my feelings? <laughs> I think maybe they wanted to minimize the the nudity, you know, in that respect. But I I, I see your point. See you see you're what I'm saying? From. You can understand. You can understand. Just man to man, what I'm trying to say here is, it's just like, you make all these promises and you give this hope, and then all of a sudden the hope is gone. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's let's give the people what they've been waiting for here. A little trial, trial by combat. Trial by combat. <laughs> this needs its own intro music. Trial by combat does. Yeah, we gotta get a producer on here. Let's get, get some. Yo, get some anyone email. produce out there? Can, cool come stuff. come at us. Editors, producers. Uh, I had to fire the last one. <laughs> <laughs> um. So this is another shitty, Chris. Shh, shh, shh. This is another shitty original. No excitement. Okay, wow. Way to leave me hanging. It's a shitty original. These no, are your I'm, favorites. I'm waiting. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm All sitting right. on the edge of my seat right now. I want oh, to hear this thing. So the sheet from the guy who yeah. brought you fish fuckers, porta potty boys. Oh, what were my other ones? Uh, the casting uh, couch casting. Your favorite Jennies. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> comes uh, my greatest work yet um this show is called the smoker and the joker it's an odd couple show you know where it's like two guys living together it's an odd couple-esque show about a pothead who's roommates with the joker 
Uh, and when he's not out terrorizing Gotham, he's trying to get his waste case pothead Ruby Doug to do the dishes. I think that's a hilarious <laughs> show idea. Can you imagine the Joker? He's like, I'm out there fighting Batman. The least you could do is the dishes. And he's like, dude, fuck, man. I'm just, you're always on my case. And he's like, why don't you fucking do it? You know, come on. That's a great show. No, I actually, I, this might be my favorite shitty original. I would watch Whoa. this 100%. I would, I would tune in when it came out every fucking week. I'd watch this. The Smoker and the Joker. You know, the but Smoker. The, but, but the underlying thing, though, is, like, the Joker actually loves his roommate. Like, they've been boys since, like, yeah, day he's, one. So, this like, guy is kill never him. in any danger. They're best buds. Yeah. But he also doesn't partake in the Joker's, like, crimes. But the Joker's pissed. He comes home. He's like, I'm out there fighting Batman. And here you are. You can't even vacuum. You know, you're throwing a party. I'm trying to sleep. You know, I'm going to kidnap the mayor in the morning. <laughs> I actually, I love this one. I yeah. get, This gets the sim stamp of approval right here. Oh. What is it? The Smoker and the Joker? The Smoker and the Joker. I like that. Working title again. Actually, you know what? No, we'll go live with that title. We'll put yeah. that in production. We'll get that on we'll, we'll get that on FX or something right after Always Sunny. No, it'd and be perfect. FX would actually be a perfect vehicle for this, and that's but the only thing. issue is the only issue is we're not gonna have peak Joker. It can't be Heath Ledger. I know. So it, I, if Heath Ledger someone. was still alive, I would like to believe that he would jump at the opportunity to do this. Well, it's not gonna be Jared Leto because his Joker sucks. Yeah, he sucked. Yeah. Maybe we'll bring back. Um, Jackie uh, Nick, the guy from Batman for Batman Forever, Jack, yeah, Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, yeah, yeah, classic, classic Joker uh, from Bat from the original, the OG. I mean, he might be into it, but he's like eighty now, so that would be. I'm more like two younger dude guys. Yeah, actually, I like that one. Um, Thanks, man. I, you know, Game of Thrones is better, of course. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really think I need to get into like the details as to why it's better, but I, I, I love. I love Smoker and the Joker. I think we gotta we gotta get someone on that. We gotta send yeah. that in. We gotta send that in to everywhere. So yeah, we will. We, we'll write up. this. We'll write this shit. The Smoker and the Joker, man. Fucking Doug, always smoking pot, never doing the dishes, never, never eats dinner after the Joker cooks, slaves over the stove a long day. You know. I mean, <laughs> well, if he's really casserole. a smoker, he's gonna be eating. He's gonna be eating that. He's gonna be eating dinner all and over the place. Doug's like, Doug's like, listen, joke. I hate to say this to you, dude, but. Why so serious? <laughs> and then you insert laugh track. Yeah. <laughs> Doug. Doug. I like that. I love that. You Let's don't get bring me going. down, Doug. I bring me down. That's fantastic. And then, All right. And then every, every now and then, like, Bruce Wayne shows up and tries to get, like, the smoker to go on his side or something. Yeah, but he's, like, as Bruce Wayne. And Joker's like, how do you feel about Batman? And Bruce Wayne's like, I don't have any opinions on Batman. <laughs> all right, right. that's a, that's a we'll, great episode we'll get people working on that that was a great episode defining episode in the series now no one's safe don't like any characters they're all gonna die spoiler alert they're all gonna die we're all gonna die uh keep sharing folks keep listening uh follow us on the social medias and like chris said uh guest guest spots coming up so feel free to message oh, yeah. either us about potential for guest spotting and uh chris anything else you want to add we got we got the finale next week. Next, next Monday, finale. the finale's dropping hot. It's fucking holiday. It'll be on the holiday, so the finale. We'll, be, we'll try to get something special going for you some guys. Some nice labor. I don't yeah. know what we're gonna do yet. Yeah, we'll get 
we'll get uh we'll get the we'll get the think tank going and find out yeah. something cool to do for the uh I love it. for the finale episode. And then we'll roll into season two. Sound good? Sounds fucking great. Thanks for listening, guys, and uh hey Khaleesi, hit me up. Let's buy Chris a new headset.